0: Listen to something fresh. Listen to Salaam Media. Welcome back to The Special Focus and thank you for staying with us this afternoon. If you've just joined us, a warm welcome to you. Now, there has been mixed reaction to the 21-day national lockdown which has been implemented as of last week, Friday, in an effort to curb the spread of the deadly coronavirus, COVID-19. Whilst many agree that such harsh measures are required, many do not agree that they are suitable for South Africa, especially given the current economic climate, and whilst many South Africans remain unemployed and within the grips of poverty. So we are now joined by Ms Pakamide Shlubi Majola once again. She is the spokesperson for one of the largest trade unions, and that's NUMSA, and they represent workers from six different sectors, in fact. So thank you for joining us, Ms Pakamide, once again. Um, how has the lockdown been for your members? thus far, is there any dissatisfaction on the ground or do you think that your members are content with the lockdown?
1: Well, I think first and foremost, um, uh, you know, we are living in extraordinary circumstances. We're dealing with a very, very highly contagious infectious disease, Mm -hmm. which is why a lockdown is necessary. Um, particularly if you look at how this virus has spread in other countries across, um, like in Italy, in uh, Spain, um, and now America, it's having major, major, it's doing major, major damage. So I think um, we fully understand why government would need to resort to drastic measures and implement a lockdown. Where we have a concern, though, is that we don't believe that some of the measures that have been implemented go far enough in cushioning the working class and the poor, particularly against the socioeconomic hardships that are associated with staying at home and not being able to work and not being able to make an income. Um, And that, for us, is primarily where the problem lies.
0: Were you, as NUMSA, consulted by the president and by government as a relevant stakeholder in the build-up to the announcement of a lockdown?
1: Um, No, and this is part of the problem, is that Labour certainly was not consulted, um, not to the extent that it should have been consulted. Um, Government relied heavily on NEDLAC as a structure for consultation, and as you know, NUMSA and in particular staff too is not part of NEDLAC. So, it, it, medlac represents only a particular group of um, unions. And, and even beyond that, I mean, if we're talking more broadly in terms of organised labour, that all South African trade unions only represent about 23% of the entire working class. So, yes, and of course we understand that under such circumstances um, it would have been difficult to consult absolutely every grouping, but certainly um, unions were not really given sufficient engagement compared to the level and time that government spent with business leaders they did not spend not near enough the amount, same amount of time with, with labor and we in fact um are a crucial stakeholder because we're the ones that have to enforce the lockdown if you look at the fact that you we're talking here health workers we're talking here security staff we're talking essential services workers these are all workers that. Not only NUMSA, but a lot of unions represent, and um, it, it needed much more in-depth consultation, and um, particularly in light of what is involved. If you look at what the, the the statements that have been coming out from various sectors, it's not just NUMSA that has a problem. Yesterday, how released a statement where they talked about the fact that um, they complained about a shortage of critical, um, like TPE. And um, um, uh, clothing, protective clothing not just now, Wainitou which is a to trade union and also in health has complained about the same thing the fact that they're literally about to go to war with the virus and they are not fully equipped to protect themselves as health workers. Our members who work in um, essential services, like we have members for example, who work in various laundry companies, they wash Imagine, you know, they are directly um, in, in exposed. Mm-hmm. Um, these companies are not providing proper um, protective clothing. So there's a massive, massive, massive problem where, uh, not just from from a health and safety perspective, but also in terms of cushioning the working class and the poor against the fact that there are people who will not be working for long periods of time. These are some of the fundamental areas where we feel our government needs to done
0: much more. All right. Now, about these um, working class people who um, are now not working for the duration of this lockdown, President Ramaphosa did, in fact, um, say that certain funds would be directed towards cushioning the effect on these people. However, where do you feel that he fell short of cushioning the effect for these people?
1: Well, we think um, if you, for example, if you there is a, um, a a provision that's been made available in terms of UIF for companies which may have to close down for weeks on end, for them to provide uh, workers uh, to apply for support from mm-hmm. the Department of Labour, where through UIF salaries will be paid. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, where we have a problem with with, with, with that um, support system is we see gaps, um, especially when you're dealing with employers who, generally speaking, are very hostile towards workers. So what we had last week was when government made the announcement about the lockdown, companies simply told workers that, okay, well, uh, we're on lockdown for 21 days. So a no work, no pay policy will apply. Uh, and that's it because many of them were just not interested in doing the paperwork that's necessary to ensure that workers actually receive this money. So the so, so, so way we saw the government failed us was they gave power to the same brutal employers um, to dispense the process. And yet these people were unwilling. You know, we were fighting, even now, we're fighting many battles with companies that have just unilaterally taken decisions to apply either no-work-no-pay policies, or in the case of, of Waco in Umalanga, where during this period they've decided to drastically reduce wages. Um, you know, business owners are just doing as they please. And, and at the same time, you've got the small business development um, department which has made money available, particularly to small and medium-sized enterprises, um, to, to cushion them during this three-month period. They're going to get funding from the government. But these people are not passing these savings on to workers. Um, they're taking instead from workers. Some companies are saying that workers must must go on paid leave. They must take their paid leave to cover up for this period, in spite of the fact that they're getting funding from us as a taxpayer to cushion themselves against this. So this is where we have real problems. Government should have instead said guaranteed paid leave for each and every single worker. If that had been a government directive, that would have gone much further. Um, They should have already, um, and for us, one of the fundamental failures is the fact that they've not not nationalized the private healthcare sector. So workers and their families still have to pay, for example, to be tested for COVID-19 unless you go to a public hospital, which, as you know, it's drastically underfunded, drastically under-resourced, and does not have um, all of all, all of the, the resources it needs for to treat this type of thing. There's extra beds in the private sector, but that is not available to the rest of the masses who are not on medical aid. So for us, that is one very, very um, problematic and fundamental flaw in this plan is the fact that um, the healthcare sector, uh, is still split between private and public. And we know that with, with the challenges that we have in the public sector right now, they are not ready to deal with the, the massive scale of infections that are going to happen. We're going to have thousands of people dying because they don't have access to treatment, whilst those who are rich and have access to medical aid will be fine. And that is a, a major flaw in this entire plan.
0: Okay. I'm curious to know now, um, what is your action? What action are you taking as NUMSA against those businesses which you are discontent with who are actually um, going on a no-work-no-pay um, uh, policy? Um, what is your action against these businesses who are taking this policy?
1: Well, one of the, things, one of the problems we have is the fact that, you know, um, the CCMA has got very limited services during this time as does the Labour Court. So there's a lot of remedies that normally during, uh, 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 you know, before Mm COVID-19, we would have been able to go to CCMA to lodge a dispute. You know, there were were processes we could embark on. Mm -hmm. But it's difficult now because the CCMA has got very limited services. So what we've been doing um, um, is shop stewards, regional secretaries, organisers, and all of these companies are forcing these companies to adhere to what um, the, the government has said. So we've written letters to every single employer that's violating these conditions. And also um, through our media strategy, we are naming and shaming all of these companies because it is completely immoral and unethical that these companies can receive support from government through taxpayer funding at at the Department of Economic Development. But they are refusing to ensure that workers are fully paid during this time. I mean, what do you think workers and their families are supposed to exist on during a lockdown when they're not working and there's no income coming into the household? Mm. Um, that is, that is, we. Everybody keeps talking about how all of us are supposed to do our bit to combat this virus. That's true. That means business leaders, um, and corporations must stand up and contribute once and for, for once um, and, 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 and ensure that all of us that as a society we actually make it through this crisis. This is not a time for profiteering. And unfortunately, what we see is the response from many companies as they see this as an opportunity for them to improve on their balance sheet instead of focusing on, on helping all of us to combat a deadly disease.
0: All right. Now, I don't really want to speculate about whether or not a lockdown, the lockdown will be extended further. But um, in a recent address, President Ramaphosa did, in fact, say that um, South, as South Africans, we should take courage from uh, countries where the lockdown was like, for example, 81 days in some instances. However, what would your reaction? Of course, it would be um, subject to... Um, Later on, we'll have to assess the situation. Government will assess the situation at a later stage and then decide whether it should be um, extended or not here in South Africa. But for now, let's just see, as Nomsa, what would your reaction be if government were to, in fact, extend this lockdown?
1: I think it's a very difficult question to answer now. Um, But I think uh, you do pose a good question because it's something that we have to already start to uh, consider and apply our minds to. Mm. Bearing in mind that if you look at how this virus has uh, spread itself in other countries, lockdowns have gone on for far longer than 21 days. Mm. We certainly hope that that's not going to be the case. I mean, you know that our economy is in ICU at the moment. Moody's has just downgraded us. Um, and, and mind you, things were not good even before COVID-19 in terms mm. of the growth outlook of the economy, in terms of high unemployment rate, extreme levels of inequality. I mean, we were in trouble before coronavirus. Mm. So, um, but at, at the same time, it's one of those situations where we're dealing with, as I said, extraordinary circumstances. We're literally it's a situation about, it's about the survival of the human race, if I can put it like that. Mm-hmm. And because we are we are dealing with those types of scenarios, it means that the economy, you know, I was actually watching it the other day and, and the economist was saying, people should always remember that the economy will always recover. As long as there's um, uh, human beings to drive it and people with ideas, the economy will recover. But Will we as a society recover from a pandemic of this scale? And that's where our minds need to shift. That at this time, it does mean that concerns about the economy, excuse me, would have to take a a, a back foot while we focus on saving lives. Mm -hmm. Because that is actually at the crux here. So if it was. And and if you consider that as a context, it does mean that, of course, if a call was made for an extension of a lockdown, I'm not sure how much choice we would have in the matter if you consider the, the circumstances that we're dealing with. But it just means that we have to work extra hard and be extra creative about ensuring that we find solutions that are geared to save all of us and not geared only to service a wealthy minority that already, because of its wealth, has the capacity to save itself. And our problem is that uh, um, so far, there's been too much focus on that. There needs to be a greater focus on the masses and ensuring that we all make it through this crisis.
0: Okay, definitely. Thank you so much for your time, um, Ms. Pakamilia Shlubi Majola. That was the spokesperson for the National Union of Metal Workers of South Africa, NUMSA, um, Ms. Pakamile Shlubi Majola, giving us their view on the 21-day nationwide lockdown. And that's how we come to the end of today's show. Just to recap, earlier on we spoke to News24 journalist Azara Karim about the role of media during critical periods like this. Then we spoke to human rights activist Kakhison Kosi about our rights whilst the country is under lockdown. And finally, we had reaction from NUMSA trade uh, union. So if you have missed any of these discussions, the podcast will be up soon and you can find it just about anywhere you find your podcast. That is it for today. Thank you to the technical producers, Kanye Ziyad and Shazia Zubair. Of course, many thanks to you for choosing Salah Media this afternoon, as always. I'm Zahi Jadud and it's a goodbye from me for now.